couple, couple weird things. This is like live on the fly type of a thing. Um, last night, I was kind of putting some finishing touches to the message uh, that I have for you guys today, for all of us. Uh, I was just... Um, Talking about, you know, just we're, we, we've been talking about kingdom and, and living things out and, and seeing what it really looks like and really just trying to talk about ways that, that, that we think maybe the kingdom is in this way, but in reality, maybe God shows us that actually there's a lot more to it than what you've been thinking. And God loves to do that. He loves to just take us and, and as we go in thinking that we know what's going on, and he's like, yeah... If you press in, I will unveil things to you. I will show you things. I will become what you're looking for. And God, he is, you know, I can talk about it over and over and over again. Um, so yesterday, as I was just preparing, you know, kind of preparing and, and talking, I was like, God, do something for me right now so I can share it tomorrow morning. Like, like something, like just so that it's, so it goes beyond just, hey, here's theory, here's, there's just, just something, anything. And as soon as I said that, um, I heard rain outside. Like, you know, and it, it, don't be spooked because it was raining. It wasn't anything weird. That was, that was, a, so it started raining. And as soon as it rained, the, a thought hit me. It's like, go close your sunroof. <laughs> just like that. And, and I, and, and, and I was like, Oh, okay. And so as I'm going to put my shoes on, this is what's going through my mind. I was like, okay, the kids were playing in the car yesterday with, with other kids in the neighborhood. And they had the keys and they, were, they started the car once, um, just, just once. But they rolled down all the windows and they, uh, April Fool's, um, <laughs> and they were sticking their head out the window and everything. And I was like, I was like I'm wondering if the sunroof it's the only thing that they did not close. And as I'm trying thinking, I'm like, no, God, no, really? This is what, it's, this is, this is what you're doing? Like, this is it? I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm like flipping out because I'm like, if the sunroof is the only thing that's open, God's amazing. Just something like, like silly. So I go in the rain. Sure enough, all the windows are closed. Everything's closed except the sunroof. And so as soon as I open the door, I, I said this out loud, and neighbors are probably like, he's crazy. I was like, no way. Like, no way. Because it was completely like, it, it, was, it was not something spiritual. Yeah, it helped, you know. But, but, I mean, you know, maybe some of you are like, well, God didn't tell me the last time my car flooded. Yeah, you didn't ask, did you now? <laughs> uh, but I, to me, like, the simplicity of God's like, sure. Like, sure, I'll, 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 I'll you know. I'll give you something to share tomorrow. And I thought he was done, but he was not done because this morning as my soft, soft grade, um, it, the software upgraded, soft graded. Uh, you know, Apple tends to just, you know, force feed you these uh, upgrades. I lost my notes for this morning. So I was like, well, now um, what are you going to do? <laughs> so... Um, We're going to pray and we're going to dismiss. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> uh, no, but this is like a, a nice, uh, so Angela's in the back, so she's going to have to work with me. I'm just going to go off uh, the scripture that, that we have up. And I just can't find it at all. Like I had some awesome things. So I, I do know what, what the heart of it, and I think it's just so profound. 
Um, and today being also, if you guys have been part of Odyssey Church or been following us, um, any, uh, we, we've started this campaign. It's actually kind of like a challenge and that we're calling the Imagine Challenge. And the Imagine Challenge is something that, um, that we felt like God was leading a church to do for this next season that God has for our church. And it is a challenge, um, and it includes both practical and uh, spiritual uh, journeys. And so uh, if we have, um, there's a, a scripture that we quoted, and it's a, it's a scripture that's kind of like, it's been being etched and burned within my heart. And we're going to read it in two, uh, two translations. Uh, the first one is going to be the, uh, the Passion Translation. They'll get this in a second. There we go. So uh, this to me, like, I'm just grabbing a hold of this for everything in my life. So never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. Say, in me. Mean it. Say, in me. In me, God. In me. And accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Oh, I love that. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now, God, and, the, and this is in the, in the message translation, because I just, I just love how this is phrased. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dream. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all generations. Glory through all uh, millennia. Oh, yes, y'all. God is so, so amazing. And he has uh, taken our church... On this, um, on this journey right about six months ago and that we've been praying and, and, and believing and, and looking forward to and dreaming about what, why God has us in this city and what he's wanting to do through us for our city. And since we launched this campaign, um, God has been just kind of like coming along and just guiding us and, and leading us and showing things and, and inspiring us and encouraging us and moving within our church, within our people and, um, and there's so many things right now in our church that, uh, that are getting ready to shift uh, that God is just continually saying, if you want to follow, if, if, if you want me to lead, follow me. If you want me to lead, follow me. And unfortunately and fortunately, a lot of times whenever God does draw us in, we have to let go of all of our expectation and say, God, use all of me, whichever way, however way, I'm just going to follow you. And that's, uh, that's a risk that we have to be willing to take. Um, and so as a church, we are down for that. You know, whatever God you want to do here within us, within these people, within us individually, within our families, we are game. We are all in. Life is too short. People are dying. People are lost. People are desperate. There is a battle that's happening spiritually. There are families that are being broken up. The hope is lost. There's struggles. There's depression. There's stress. All sorts of things are going on in this world. And this hope that we carry the world is looking for and is needing. And so we're saying, God, use us. God, use us. And, and, and so the slogan for this Imagine Challenge is, is making God's reality ours. 
We live in our own reality, and that can limit us. And what we're trying to say and what we're praying and what we're trying to step into is saying, God, let me walk in your reality. Let your kingdom come. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. That type of a mindset. And you don't fall into it accidentally. This is an intentional decision that we have made as a church that I have to make as an individual. It doesn't come natural. It doesn't come like, oh, yeah, I'm good, so, so God's good. No, I have to go in before God and God, lead me. Let you your reality become my reality you know and so this journey that God has us on it's 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 amazing because I think that this is this is the next phase and part of the next phase that um that God is leading us as a shift within our church and our church I think for the last couple of years God has been just doing all these like micro shifts micro shifts just a shift here a shift there and as a church like we sensed it and it's beautiful and I and it looks like God has kind of taken what he's been doing and he's he kind of like intensified it over the last few weeks and I'm so thrilled that God is doing that because truly I really want to live and walk in his ways and I really want all of that for each and every one of us here as well and so we launched this um, challenge and this challenge is both spiritual and practical and spiritually what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people on a journey to start thinking about making God's reality our reality a trust in him in those areas that we have trusted ourselves in and really intentionally get into what God wants for us and then practically we are trying to raise funds for uh, for church for expansion uh, for his future space and for all this video gear and, and lighting gear and all this gear for us to be able to beam outside of these walls to begin to impact thousands and hundreds of thousands of people around the world. We live in such a beautiful digital age where God is not limited by walls. Amen? God is so not limited by walls. And so we're just saying, God, help us to step into how you want to um, use us. And so that, this is the journey. And most of us, and I'm going to call up Richard here if he can come up. Um, and, and explain some of the stuff. Uh, we're not going to be collecting stuff, or if you're new here, don't worry. Um, we're, we're just kind of like doing this like six-month celebration and update of what has been happening since we uh, stepped into this journey as a family. And I want to see if this... Check. Okay. Look, look, look at that. So I would like to actually... Uh, Richard's right here, and if you guys would rise, and let's welcome Richard... Thank you, Richard. You can go now. Oh, no. Actually, last night I was thinking about that. I was going to get a selfie so I could send it to my daughter and tell her, oh, look, standing ovation. <laughs> but anyway, my name is Richard Jones. I'm normally with Julie. Um, I'm getting over a cold. Um, and being the loving, giving husband I am, I gave the cold to my wife. Uh, Julie and I have been coming here for about one year, a little over a year. And from the first visit that we came in here, we just knew, you know, this was it. This was home. We just uh, fell in love with the people, the pastor. It was just uh, terrific. So we wanted to get involved right away. And lucky for us, this Imagine Challenge came up, and there were some openings for volunteers. And we know from past experience, though, that serving with others you know, on committees and things is uh, what creates friendships and relationships rather quickly also. So I'm going to show you some numbers now of the results uh, up to date of how we're doing on the um, Imagine Challenge. I think there's some slides. Aha. 
So as a financial journey, 78% of the congregation responded immediately um, to commit and um, sign up for, you know, to, to help cover the goal that we were shooting for. Um, the pledges already exceeded that goal, and to date we have collected 19% of that goal, which is uh, $15,000 already has been uh, taken care of and paid to the, you know, donated to the church through this Imagine Challenge. That's pretty good. Um, there are, again, different ways of giving. Um, and for anybody that still wants to, you know, we may even use it to, to give our pledge uh, monthly. Um, is how we figured, how we did it. But here's, these are the ways you can go via texting. Text the dollar, the dollar amount. I see to eight four three two one. I'm uh, I was born in '68. I'm not real good on this texting stuff and all that. But uh, I can text, but I don't know what the IC means. So. Oh, oh, text the dollar amount and then imagine challenge. I guess. Oh, cool. <laughs> figured that out. All right. You can give online also at odysseychurch.com, I see. You guys are lucky that I'm not feeling good because I'm probably not going to use the whole hour that I was allotted. Um, and you can also give in person. There's a box in the back. It says give on it, and the I is where you uh, drop your little envelope. Okay, next one. Um, we're so, so pleased and enthused that so many people have become involved in, number one, we have the daily dose, which every day a text, I can do that, a text comes on my phone and I know how to answer it. And um, 66 people are already involved in, in getting that daily dose daily. Um, and the cruise that they talk about, that they showed, um, we have eight crews going already. And from, from those crews, there's about uh, 30 people uh, involved in the cruise, which is also awesome. Now, if you're new here to Odyssey, um, text Odyssey to 97,000, and um, you uh, can get information, and I'm sure people will get in touch with you. And again, just out of out of love and support and uh, encouragement, um, the daily dose uh, to get involved in that, you can text. Uh, to 97,000, text daily dose to 97,000. And also, uh, the, to see what kind of eight crews are going on, you can go to odysseychurch.com slash cruise, and that will tell you the different kinds of, uh, of uh, groups that we do have currently going on. Um, I'll get into that later. So these numbers surely represent dedication. Uh, the spiritual journey is the main direction that I want to contribute to also, though. Uh, the numbers there are also very positive, and that's where we have the, the 66 people signed up for the Daily Scripture. Um, what I'd like to have is anybody that might have any testimony on any uh, support or um, uh, inspiration that they may have already gotten from the challenge or during this, this challenge. Ah, great, Jimmy. Hey guys, my name is Jimmy. Um, me and my wife have been coming here for, I don't know, probably eight or nine months and uh, got involved in the Amadden Challenge and we decided to, you know, figure out the exact total amount we were going to give for the year. Um, 
and I don't know if you guys know, but my wife is like superwoman. She's got like a million jobs and she probably runs circles around everybody here. Um, and so during those times, a lot of those jobs are just kind of like temporary, you know, assistant jobs and online. And so sometimes the, our income fluctuates. Right now we're in the process of opening a business, so I'm jobless and spending a lot of money to open a business. And so our income can fluctuate depending on how much jobs she can get online because she's really good at that. <laughs> um, and so the beginning of the year, it was horrible. Um, I got up here and I told you this is probably the worst year of our life and it was like the third day in. <laughs> um, but last week, she got a call from her main job, her full-time job. And uh, they said, listen, last year, you know, 2018, you did a lot more than we expected. You saved a lot of the things that we thought we were going to lose. And you, you know, you got a lot of these stations built. She works for a TV broadcasting company. She got a lot of stations built. And so, you know, she helped dealing with, you know, some things without the FCC taking away those, those stations. And so her boss said, listen, we were going to reward you for all that. And we're going to give you a bonus. And it was the exact dollar amount that we pledged to give to the church the year before. Thank you. The Imagine Challenge, um, for me, it was kind of exciting because I think we tend to separate our spiritual life and our financial life. And it was never meant to be separated because when it comes to giving, it's really a trust thing. And I've heard so many people, you know, say, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, you know, to be frank, we all can. We give money to whatever matters. And, you know, I know I've had so many seasons of life that I was dirt broke. I was a single mom. I had nothing. And somehow I always had because I always gave. And it's not about the money. It's about a trust thing. God doesn't need our money, but he does want our trust. And I think when we make a decision to trust him, he becomes more real and bigger in our lives. And I have seen this in mine. And, um, of course, um, a lot of people who know me know that 2018 was a year from hell. And... Um, but even despite a lot of obstacles, like I still trusted God with my money. And I'm raising two kids on my own with no help. And um, he has always come through and my business has grown. I am self-employed, I have my own business. I was able to um, hire a staff person <laughs> last year to help me with it. And um, I, I promise like every time I feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't give to this person or maybe I should give less. I feel like God is like, uh, no, I've taken care of you to this point. I'm going to see, see you through. And so for the Imagine Challenge, I pledged um, more than I ever have. And I, I'm a big believer in giving, but I really felt challenged to step it up big time. And um, I, uh, you know, God has been so good and my business has been amazing. And I've gave, gave, given um, probably like 70% already of what I pledged. And just the fact that I'm able to do that as a solo mom, just my just started my third year in business, but my business has exploded. And it's not because of what I'm doing. I'm just trusting God, I'm staying in my lane, I'm doing my thing, um, and God is honoring that. And it's not always easy, it's a big step to be like, I choose to put you first even if it doesn't make sense. And um, I have yet, I've never experienced God not coming through and I've been at this 
for many, many, many years. So I just encourage you um, in that. So. We started the um, daily dose, not not this Bible study, but I started doing it, and I started doing it at the bus stop with my um, two kids. They're you know, eleven and well, my granddaughter, and just that giving God that first time of my day. I've seen improvements in my granddaughter's behavior. I've seen improvements in my um, just so many improvements in every aspect, and I might have a bad day and think, oh, this, this is not worth it. But I still start the next day putting God first. And he's made such a huge impact on my life. I have a 21-year-old daughter that's going to start an A-crew. And that's just another way he's shown me that being faithful and giving him your time and your energy and, and your trust, that he's very faithful. Oh, and I have a great A crew leader there. Yes, I just love being on stage. But it's just so good to be back with my people, and I'm going to be real with you. Spending the last four weeks of winter in the Florida sunshine just about sucked the life out of me. So just to let you know. But this is really about a journey of mine and Ronnie's, not specifically now, well, even the spiritual side, um, when we started the Imagine Challenge, I decided that I would set my alarm and get up and spend time in God's Word and also prayer time because I'm not a morning person. If I do not set my alarm, I won't do it. But And then on the financial side, this is a journey we've had, Ronnie and I, together. And this started years ago. Uh, we've been blessed enough that we try to either build or purchase a house every two or three years and then sell it. And we just started a church down in Florida and it was on a Wednesday night, and the pastor says, do you have any testimonies? And of course, me and my big mouth goes, yeah, yeah, we sold our house this week. And all of a sudden, everybody just started jumping up and down, hooping and hollering. I'm thinking, wow, they're really excited for us that we sold our house. So after church, this little lady, not me, but someone like me, starts running across the room and she's going hey 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 and I'm thinking oh my gosh what's going on and she goes you know that when you sell a house that all that profit you're supposed to tithe off of it and I'm thinking what and she goes yeah you're supposed to tithe well anybody that knows my husband knows that's about the time that he fell the floor and starts flopping around like a dying fish out of water and he was just like man you know he didn't say anything so being obedient we did that and we tied off the profit, and then we sold another house a couple years, years later. I'd love to say that it was very easy again that we just jumped and wrote that check and gave it, but we didn't. Uh, we gave the check, but it was not with a joyful heart. But we finally just kept praying about it and kept tithing, and then the next house, our hearts were there, and we just gave it with a joyful heart. And now, whenever we sell a house, it's very exciting to say, okay, we're going to do this, we write that check and we take it in there. And I believe that, you know, we've just been blessed over and over again in every aspect of our life. Our marriage, we've been married almost 37 years, more in love with him now than I was when I married him. And we just have a good life. And I, I believe that a lot of that is about just being obedient, being obedient to serving um, giving with every aspect of our life and I just challenge you because God's Word says to test him in these areas and he is always faithful even when we're not sometimes but anyway I just ask everyone just to test him thank you
Okay. So, as we said, we have eight active crews going. Uh, they meet in homes, uh, coffee shops. I think there might even be some meeting here, but they meet in a variety of different places. Uh, being part of a crew is the easiest way to meet others and really get to know people and um, create that relationship that just makes everything so much nicer when you know other people and, and you really know about them and they know about you. and. Um, it just, uh, it's, it's been something that now that I know what it's like, I, I would not give up. Uh, and that's why we jumped right into the first uh, opportunity we had here to be able to get on a committee and start meeting others. Um, so of these eight crews, there's approximately 30 individuals involved. So as you see, we have many involved already. So for the rest of you, Please come and join us. Thank you. All right, and uh, now we're going to take up a uh, offering as the spirit and my keys lead. As the, I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. Well, wasn't that amazing, guys? We're celebrating that God is doing things within our community here in Asheville. And this is not just for our sake, but it is for those outside. And I just cannot wait. And as a church, like I told you, like God's been kind of showing some stuff within our church, how he's going he's gonna to shift everything and take us into this next uh, phase, this next movement that he's really leading. And we're so stoked and so excited about it. Um, and, and truly, you know, any, everything that you heard today, this is in reality... There it goes. Okay. We've had this happen before. On good mo... Hello? One, two. Okay. One, I have to... Uh... All right. Maybe we should take up an offering and get myself a mic. No, I'm just joking. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, um, well, real quickly, um, as we get... If you do want to... Uh, be, you know, uh, step into and be part of this um, uh, challenge. Just find one of us. We have cards over here, so you can just fill one out. You can pledge. You can give one time. You can do however. And honestly, if you're new here for the first time, we're just sharing with you what we're doing within our church. So you, you, don't, you don't feel pressured to do anything, right? We're serving you. We're loving on you, and we're thankful for you. Um, and so as a church, God is good. God is so good, and we are stoked about what God is getting ready to do in us, with us, through us, for us, are you ready? <laughs> All right. Um, so Hebrews, let's turn to Hebrews. I don't really have much time, I guess, which is why God's like, you're not going to speak today, just so you know. Um, but I just want to highlight a few things because there's this thought that's it, tied in with this Imagine Challenge and the next thing that God has for us. Um, as a church and as individuals. Um, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrew 11. Um, I want to talk about faith uh, for, for a few minutes, that we, the remaining minutes that we have left. But, but, but read, the, read this. By faith, this is um, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 11 and 12. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. Now, what's interesting, 
Hebrews is talking about a faith that Sarah has. And quite frankly, if you're reading through the Bible with us in the chronological order uh, through Daily Dose, the story is the story's a little different than what the writer of Hebrew is saying. So if you go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 18, verses 11, read the kind of faith that Hebrews is describing that Sarah had. Abraham and Sarah were old and getting on in years. So old was for Abraham and getting on in years was for Sarah. This is like a little... <laughs> You're welcome. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing, right? So she laughed to herself because an angel came and said, hey, Abraham, you're going to have a son. Sarah's going to conceive and you're going to, have a, um, you're, going to, you're going to have a son. So she laughed to herself saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old. And then she goes this. She goes, will I have delight? Wow, Sarah. You're going to go there, right? You're going to go there. <laughs> but the Lord, oh, I'm going to have to change this. If it happens one more time, it'll be the sign. But the Lord asked Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, can I really have a baby when I'm old? Is anything impossible for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will come back to you, and in about a year, she will have a son. Sarah denied it. I did not laugh, she said, because she was afraid. But he replied, no, you did, and we heard you. <laughs> That's, that's my commentary. But, but what we just read in Hebrews 11 was by faith even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful, therefore, from one man. So we have like this version of the reality of Sarah's faith, and then the, the, the writers hundreds of years later describing Sarah's faith. And this gets better. Keep going. Uh, chapter, uh, verse 13 Hebrews 11 verse 13 uh, says this, these all died in faith, although they have not received the things that were promised. Meaning that the promise, a portion of the promise that God gave to Abraham, he did see, but the, 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 the largeness of the promise, the fullness of the promise, Abraham did not live long enough to see. So it's like there was a promise, but they did not receive the things that were promised. They died in their faith. They died believing, but they saw them from a distance. So they took what God promised, and they began to envision what that's going to look like, but they had to envision it beyond their lifetime. So vision that God is trying to instill into us is not to just see in your lifetime, but begin to see things past your lifetime. God is so much greater than what is currently in front of us. But then we keep reading verse 23. By faith Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. But, but by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and, the, and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. For he considered reproach 
for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasure of Egyptians since he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, but Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. Now, this is really interesting too because if you go back, and we're not going to have time to go back to read it, but if you look at these two examples, and this chapter 13, or chapter 11 in Hebrews is all by faith, by faith. It's an awesome faith power-based, you know, chapter in the Bible. It's like it just lists all these things and all these accomplishments. But when you go back and reread it, Moses' parents, they had no choice. They actually were like, hey, um, our baby's going to die. And um, we need to go ahead and just launch it in the river. Just launch it in the river. Because that is so safe. <laughs> right? Like, like, yeah, that's, that's my faith. I'm just going to be like... Bye-bye, Moses. Bye-bye. And Moses himself, it says that he, he was not afraid to leave Egypt. But the truth of the matter is that he fled. He ran from Egypt. How interesting that the realities and our perspectives of the events as they're unfolding is somewhat different looking back at them and having 20-20 vision. And I heard this, and I think it is so powerful. I think when it comes down to faith, we have put faith in the box. And so we're trying to live out how faith is supposed to look like. And as we read, in reality, faith looks messy. Faith looks risky. Faith looks like you're losing all control and you have no idea what's going to happen. Faith is doing things that you normally wouldn't do. And doing things that no one would really call faith. But yet there's another definition of faith that we're reading about where God has his version and his view of what faith is. And so maybe all those things that you're doing, all those things that you are involved with, you're like, oh, no, I have no faith. No, I have no faith. And God's saying, no, no, actually you do have faith. It looks that crazy. It looks that messy. There is no pure answers. It looks like you're giving it all up. But I'm going to look at it as God, as, as, as you're acting, it, acting out by faith because it's not just about you. God is not just looking at your life and saying, I want to accomplish my will for your dreams so that you can live for yourself and indulge in yourself. No, God's saying that us being obedient to Christ's, um, to, to, to Christ's uh, uh, destiny and to Christ's purpose for our lives as individuals, as in a church, is not just for us, but it's for those who are coming after us. Abraham did not see but because of Abraham's faith, as wacky as it looked like, because of his faith, we are actually benefactors or beneficiaries of his faith. So when God is looking at Abraham, and we read later on where it says that, um, you know, I'm going to skip this, but uh, if you go to um, chapter, uh, chapter, still chapter 11 and verse 39, it says this, all these were approved through their faith. And it goes on earlier, do you want me to tell you more about Gideon, about Barak, about Samson, about Japheth, David? And he lists all these people who have gone before us. And he says all these, in verse 39, were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. 
It's amazing because God is calling something about and calling it faith, and yet there's this acknowledgement that they did not see what was promised. And kind of what I said in the beginning, Abraham seen a glimpse of what God instilled in him, the vision and the promise. He's seen a glimpse, but the fact that we are doing what we're doing because of Abraham's faith, that is amazing because it went beyond Abraham into hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years afterwards. So we read, all these people were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. Verse 40, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. And then in chapter 12, if you continue reading, it says, therefore, since we, all, we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. This is so powerful because it, it taps into this race. And when, whenever there's like a relay race, basically there's a team of people who are running the race. And the baton gets passed from one person to another. And so the person who starts it doesn't fully see it when it's completed. And they're actually waiting until the whole thing is complete to be determined if they won or not. So Abraham, in essence, is relying on our obedience here in, in, in 2019. The Bible says that, we, that, that we're surrounded with a cloud of witnesses looking at what we're going to do with what we have been given. This is so, so powerful because we live in a very individualistic, me-centered culture where, we're, where, we, where we just rally God of the universe around us as individuals. And it becomes destructive. And God's like, I need you to see beyond yourself. I need you to know that you're standing on shoulders of people who have given their lives for you to do what you're going to do. And the question is, are you willing to do the same for the next generation? There's this like, like phases where, where it's fine if we begin to live in such a way and, and, and trust God in such a way where we can see God do some amazing things. But what if we go even further than that and say, God, challenge our thinking. Let us begin to think a hundred years from now so that what we do now, knowing and understanding that what we do now will impact people who will be born a hundred years from now. We call that Legacy. We call it living with the end in mind. But I love because all this faith, it is all tied in. What Abraham did, Isaac, Jacob did all, if you go through it, and then Jesus was able to be born. And then what Jesus did, and then all the apostles, what they laid down, what they did, how they suffered, what they experimented with as a church began to grow. Then the church was being persecuted. And then they went through all sorts of weird things throughout history. And then even in, even in Asheville. So many things have been happening. Asheville used to be known a place where God moved drastically and tangibly. And people would visit Asheville from all over the world so that they can be a part of what God is doing here. And so the generation has set that up. And then the next generation kind of like allowed it to be lost. Because now when you look at Asheville, it's like, like, like what happened? What happened? 
But there are people and there are pockets of people all over a city who have not ceased to believe and to pray and to sacrifice for what they have seen God showing them what he's going to do right here in our city. And maybe they weren't able to accomplish what they see, but that is okay because we are here. And I'm not talking about the next generation or the young people. No, no. I'm talking about every single person, you and I. All of us here where we can grab a hold of the kingdom of God and say, God, I'm grabbing hold of what you have for a city. Use me in whichever way so that a hundred years from now, there will be a legacy of what you've done here. Building the foundation, building it brick by brick. I think so, so amazing. And I want to kind of end with this, with this story. There's a story in the Bible. It's about Nehemiah. And um, if you've probably heard, if you've read the Bible, if you've been in church. But um, so Nehemiah, you know, kind of like God gave him a vision to go and uh, to rebuild a wall. And, and, um, and it was a wall that that has been destroyed for like 114 years. So it's been like just destroyed. And um, so God kind of assigns, gives him an assignment and a mandate to go and finish this wall. And what was interesting with the story is that the people there, they have been trying to rebuild the wall for like, like 70 plus years. So if you come into a place where people have been trying to rebuild something to get a four, you know, to, to get a, um, um, what's the right word? To be able to have protection, right? To be able to be safe, to be guarded so they can live and worship God. They've been trying to build this wall and they failed for 72 years. And God gives a vision to Nehemiah. And as you know, the story, if you've heard it, Nehemiah goes in there, he sets everything up. And what they weren't able to do in 72 years or so, God was able to do through all of them in 52 days. I think that is so powerful because it reminds me of our city. It reminds me of how, how for so long it seems like the God has been almost kind of like silenced in our city. And I'm here to say no more. We're not going to be waiting for years and years and years until God does something. No, I'm saying, God, give us the spirit of Nehemiah. Help us to step into something so we can come in and be a part of what you're getting ready to do here quicker than what it used to take. And a lot of people have lost faith because when you're doing something for so many years, you're like, well, we tried this, well, we tried this, well, we tried this. That's okay. We're going to do it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> So for me, knowing that people have, have plowed and worked and sacrificed and built before us, I'm just like, I'm honored that we as this generation, whichever age you are, whoever is willing to go in and say, God, this is the mantle. This is the baton. We're going to grab this and we're going to carry this across our city because God wants to reach our city. God wants to reach our city. This is not something that he wants to do in, you know, in, the, in the far future, in a decade or so. No, what if, I, what if I told you that God wants to reach our city in a mighty, dynamic, obvious, obvious tangible way before this year is out? 
What if God is saying, hey, you guys don't, you have no idea. You think you've seen me move, but if you continue to go and, and line yourself up with my ways, I'm going to move in such a way that it's going to blow your mind. And people are going to come from all over to be like, whoa, what is happening here? What is happening here? The Christian who's been sitting in church all these years is going to be like, this is uncomfortable. Something's happening here. I'm being revived. I'm being revived. And God wants to do that. God wants to do that. God wants to reach your city. God wants to reach our city. But you know what it's going to take? It's not going to take a miracle. It's not going to take healing services. It's not going to take nights of worships. It's not going to take all these things that we think it may take. What it is going to take is it's going to take each and every single one of us to reach our city. Not an organization, although that helps and that there's a place for it, but each single person to go out and be like, okay, God, use me. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I think that is going to happen this year. I think people are just sick and tired of just being plain and bland and just doing this thing religiously every weekend. Oh, please get me to your church. Oh, Easter's coming. All right. We're going to have bunnies. We're going to have eggs. We're going to have candy. We're going to have music. Come. And, 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 and I know they say Jesus, but the truth of the matter is what draws people are these things that are really not that important. I'm not saying they're bad, but I'm just saying we are need to step into time where what draws people to communities like this is the Spirit of God doing a work in people. That's what we need to go after. That's what we need to set up ourselves to be a part of. And I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited because we, we talk about this within our teams here. We're saying, you know, God, if God does not show up here, if God does not show up, then we're going to close our doors. Because what is the point? What is the point? We don't want to, as a church, just do amazing songs, do all these lights, you know, do all this setup where there's air conditioning and everybody's comfortable. That is fine and dandy. Nothing wrong with that. But if we lack the spirit of God, I want to say what Moses says, God, I don't care. I'm not going wherever your presence, if your presence is not going with me. But that's going to require some intentionality on our part. And so what I want to do is I want to I want to begin to surrender that part of it and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with my finances. I'm going to trust you with my family. I'm going to trust you with my physical health. I'm going to trust you with my mental health. I'm going to trust you with all my problems that I'm facing. I'm going to trust you with every aspect of my life. I'm going to trust you so that I can be in your will, so I can actually live out the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Who's with me? All right, everybody on your feet. Father God, you are amazing. You are amazing, and we love you, God. Father, I thank you. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're stirring your people up, not just in this group, but pockets all over our county. We're saying we're, it's, 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 it's about time that we stop playing church, that we stop playing religion, God, and we just go after you for all you have. God, I pray that you soften our hearts, that you begin to shift and move our spirits, God. We are desperate for you, God. All this hype, all these technologies, all these worship nights. 
God, they're good. They're powerful. And you show up, God, but we're just after your presence. We're after you showing up in dynamic ways, changing people from the inside out, giving hope to people who've lost hope, healing people who need healing, opening doors that have been shut, changing doctor's reports left and right. But God, I pray and I ask that you give us the compassion that you have. Give us compassion so that we can see each and every person as someone who has been created by you, who is loved by you, who needs your touch, God. And you are not going by yourself. You've inhabited your people and you're sending your people. And I'm just here to say as an individual, send me, Father. Send me, do whatever you must do. Take me out of the equation altogether, God. Send me so that we can see you move within our city, within our schools, within our businesses, within our parks, within the families. I bless you, God, and I thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you because you will do what you're set out to do, God. We're willing, we're able, we're surrendered, we're trusting, we're ready, Father. And if it's going to require us to blaze the pathway, God, we're going to do it, whatever it takes, to see your kingdom become visible in our city, in our community. You don't disappoint. We're going to hold on to your promises as we carry out your father, our Father's heart. In Jesus' name.